Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Joining us now from over at Hendrick Motorsports, John Carvin is a pit crew coach over there. John, welcome into Crew Call. Good to see you, man. How's things? Thank you so much, uh, Steve. I appreciate it. And uh, everything's doing everything's well. Um, obviously, a challenging year for, for everybody in the sport so far with, uh, you know, pit stops, the cars. and, and uh, But it's been fun, exciting. It's been a great challenge uh, for us to try to uh, get better at something that kind of started from scratch at and um you know first off just want to say thank you to both of you uh steve and todd for for having me on and uh definitely you know always respected your crews todd when uh on pit road and and i've always appreciated their professionalism um so uh number one just want to say that to you and then i don't know steve if anyone walks more than you or me uh up and down pit road i know we cross paths quite a bit uh on the race so thanks for all you do also uh we're covering the sport and and, and bringing all that great information to the fans well john we appreciate it and i'll, I'll go even a little uh, behind the scenes further beginning of the year uh, alex hayden and i wanted to find out what guys and gals were doing and and, uh, the folks at Hendrick Motorsports hooked us up with John. We were able to come out and do pit stop practice. So that's kind of how this whole conversation started with us, how we exchanged emails and everything. And, and we appreciate the access. So, John, I guess my my initial question for you is um, what big picture things, what, what kind of things stand out about what we've learned about 2022 pit stops in NASCAR? Well, I think, as I said earlier, you know, that the, there's definitely more of a challenge than, than maybe – anticipated or, or would be expected, you know, you change it from five lug nuts to one lug nut and you immediately think, well, that should be a little bit simpler. Um, it definitely is not. There's still uh, so much that goes into this pit stop and, and to, to making it go well and go fast as that's our job. Right. Um, but, um, you know, learning, you know, how the, how the index, the wheels, um, you know, what it takes to get the lug nuts tight, um, you know, the proper body mechanics uh, that go into that and, and where, what areas of the car um, need to be fast in order to have a fast pit stop. You know, we've learned all those things where, you know, typically in the five lug nut world, you know, the rear of the car was really the slower, you know, part of the car or the, or the, the, the area that you waited on to drop on the left side. And, and really what we're learning now, it's, it's the front of the car that really uh, you need to have a really good uh, stop there to have a chance to have a, a fast pit stop. So uh, the right front, especially, uh, obviously, if you if you don't have a good right side, it's hard to have a good stop. Uh, you know, when you, you need that to, to have a good stop, obviously. So the right front is definitely an area that uh, I think everybody's focused on in the sport to try to find time there and, and speed that up. You talked a little bit about the the change of mechanics and and uh, and the kind of rhythm of what happens. Uh, tire carriers back in my day. They were about being He-Mans and slamming tires and, and getting in there. And how has that changed with the aluminum wheels? Because the steel wheels we used to have, you could you could kind of manhandle more. But I would think the aluminum wheels have got a little more sensitivity there. Yeah, they, they definitely do, Todd. And, and um, you know, it's for so long, as you mentioned, like that's all we wanted was for our tire carriers. And, and obviously the Jackmen now 
being the five man uh, pit stop w- to throw those tires on there as hard as they could, um, as fast as they could. Um, and it was, it was definitely uh, easier feedback because you had the five studs that, that stuck out and that's what your, your aiming point was. And that's what you finished on. Um, and you could tell, you could see the studs come through the stud holes on, on, on the wheel. Um, and now, you know, you, all the evidence of a successful hang is hidden from you. Um, and obviously, like you mentioned with the aluminum wheels, um, there are 18, you know, drive pin holes on the back of the wheel and there's, there's six drive pins on, on the hub. Um, but they're, they're hard to identify just because, uh, they're a little bit smaller. Um, and it happens so much faster where that lug nut comes off, you know, typically a tire carrier or, or a jackman would have a just a, a split second to glimpse uh, at that wheel as the lug nuts were being hit um, and get an idea of where that, that uh, stud was that they wanted to have for their clocking hand and their, in their, their control hand. <clears throat> and uh, now it, it, the wheels off so fast and they're, they're just trying to do the first part of the stop and then get to the, get to the wheel and, and the tire and then hang it uh, or index it. And we've definitely learned that a little more finesse at the finish um, is probably better. Um, but uh, I think the goal in the long run is to be able to do it just as fast, if not faster than where we were. Um, but you can definitely damage the back of the wheel if, if you miss um, due to the due to the aluminum, um, you know, hitting a much stronger and harder metal uh, on the actual car. So um, you're right. One hundred percent. That's that's taken. Uh, a learning curve um, that that we've we've had to push through and we've had to adjust we've had to adjust how we how we hold the wheel obviously the spokes uh, on the wheel are different um, than, than a five lug car um, and just just everything about it you know to be honest it has 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 taken some adjustment um, and just a little thing like that like how hard you, you actually put a tire on the car has 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 changed yeah definitely cool 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 explanation there um, you know, as we started the season, we, we saw people with loose wheels and, uh, even a conversation that, uh, that the 19 had one at Martinsville and, and Martin Truex, uh, realized it from how he felt the car. But, uh, you talk about that and what's going on with single lug nuts. What causes a loose wheel in your opinion? And, and what kind of tools do you have for identifying them? And how has that developed as you've understood this as we've worked through the year? Yeah. So typically, you know, and what, what I hear from the, the, the tire carriers and, and the Jackman is they, lots of times they think that the wheel is all the way to the back plate, um, you know, on the rotor and they feel like they've, they've, they've installed it properly. Well, the design of this wheel uh, and the, the, the uh, upright, the spindle, the threads, the lug nut, if the, if the wheel isn't indexed properly, the lug nut is not supposed to catch the first thread. Um, so the tire changer, obviously he's, he's pulling the trigger. And, and if the lug nut doesn't just zip right up, um, and just, and, and the gun has to work in order to catch that thread and to, and to be able to, to tighten the wheel, then, then something wasn't done right and wasn't done properly. And that's, that was something that we had to learn also that, you know, you, you, you need to see that socket stop and, and kind of hammer that lug nut to know that, um, you know, 95% of the time that you've got that wheel tight and you've got it past, um, the wheel, uh, retention system on there, which are two little, two little locking pins that pop up and down, um, that should prevent if you did have a loose wheel from that lug nut coming off and, and hold the wheel onto the car until you can get back to pit road. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, you have one point of failure now, 
uh, on each wheel and on each each corner of the car where you used to have five. Um, you could have two lug nuts tight um, previously, and you could at least get back to pit road and, and not have the wheel come off. And, and you know, I think the penalty system um, that they're still using was was really, you know, put into place to 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 try to eliminate teams from from hitting less lug nuts than they're supposed to and try to you know have five lug nut tight five lug nuts tight every time in the five lug world um well now you know if you don't have the one lug nut tight um it's scary it's definitely scary but um you know luckily i've got some great players who who are really good at what they do and they can identify you know and eh, that was a maybe and then we just got to do a really good job communicating that to the crew chief and um and then we have video review. We have we have uh, live camera capture um, that we can we can look at right after the stop, um, and we can see that, okay did the socket actually hammer? Did the socket come to a stop? Because um, you're pushing those drop times and you're pushing that you know you don't want to get it too tight because it's going to take that much longer the next time to get the wheel off uh, to get the nut to to start its rotation and spin. So it's just this fine line of of too tight versus not tight. Uh, and, and you've got to get it right now, um, you know, because the, the penalty is severe. Uh, and obviously, you know, a wheel coming off is is obviously not good for for the outcome of a race, typically. Yeah, definitely. And you talk about you talk about the torque and all that stuff. I mean, in my days prior to this car and five lug nuts, you know, if you had if you had four of them at 40 foot pounds or 30 foot pounds, you were probably good. And in the garages before we sent the cars out, they were probably 70 foot pounds to, you know, torque. And it's, that's what your pasture cars are. They're in that 70 mm-hmm. range. I've heard some stupid numbers. How, how high is the torque on this single lug nut? Yeah. Um, you know, using a, a typical torque wrench, um, you know, like, like you're alluding to exactly those numbers are, are definitely, I, I'd feel confident even in the thirties, um, you know, that the wheel was, if you had enough of them, right. Yep. Um, you know, in the mid to upper thirties, um, you know, you can't do it with two, but if you had four that you felt, uh, were strong and, and you can test that at practice, right. You can't really test it in the race and except they're after the last pit stop, which the road crews would typically torque for us and give us information there. But yeah, this, this, uh, this, this lug nut and, and this, and this system, you know, the torque wrenches that we've used to this point, um, at the track, they, they go up to about 850 foot pounds and, and we've, we haven't been able to take them off sometimes at, at that number. So, oh. um, yeah, so, um, that's at the end of the race. Um, so, um, we're definitely, and that's and like I mentioned earlier, you know, there is a too tight and, and that affects that takes tenths of seconds to get that lug nut to start. And, you know, that's, that's the difference of a splitter, uh, crossing the white line at the end of pit road, you know? And, and so, we're working on all those things, you know, trigger time, how long you hold the trigger, you know, how, how quickly can you come off of that lug nut and still get it to stop and know and be confident that it's, that the wheel's tight, right? Cause you can't get it wrong. You know, as we've, as we've, as we've mentioned, we cannot get it wrong. So um, we've definitely erred on the side of caution uh, earlier in the year. And now we're, 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 we're trying to push that limit a little bit and, and, and continue to grow and get faster because we, we need to do better and we need to play better and, and uh, we'll never stop uh, trying to, trying to do that. Those torque numbers are amazing, relatively speaking, to what it was. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. And you, the thing that amazes me is, is, is you take and you multiply the old number by five, you're still not even close. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you're yeah. you're you're still not even close. That's that's absolutely amazing, John. Everything you've talked about, from from indexing the wheel to to the right amount of torque to to even the where the where the holes are, where the carrier is doing it, is all different 
one of the things in talking with some crew guys and, and, and over the wall guys I hear is doing things in 10 seconds versus what we used to do in 12 seconds is different. The mind game, the mental aspect of it, all the details. Uh, how, how do you guys prepare? I mean, have you seen that? And how do you how, how do you work to, to, to get the minds acclimated as well? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think definitely when you have, um, elite performers, it, yeah. it doesn't matter what, what sport it is or, 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 you know, business, you know, that mental game, uh, is definitely, you know, that last probably 10% that, that makes somebody from, from good to great and great to exceptional. Um, so that's definitely something that we work on a lot and, and we talk about a lot with our guys and, you know, it, it's just like a, you know, a great shooter in basketball, right? They, 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 they forget their last shot and every shot that they take is going to go in in their mind and it has to be that way you have to quickly uh forget what you've done and in, in the last pit stop as if it was great it doesn't matter really you got to do it again and if it was bad you, know, you need to not repeat that obviously and have a better stop and and that happens in the stop you know we talk a lot about you know so the very first thing you do is try to have a good landing on the right side as a tire changer and, and have a great engagement with with your socket whether it's five lug nut or, or one lug nut. Well, if, if you miss that a little bit, okay, well, what do you do next? Right. What's the, well, how do you get back on track? Right. Because very, very few times do you have a perfect pit stop um, by one player, let alone all five of them. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that mental game that you battle throughout the entire pit stop throughout the entire race. Um, you know, we get between five to 12 opportunities to have a great and positive impact on a race typically sometimes less than that um and and so we've got to take advantage of those opportunities we've we've got to have good pit stops in order to have solid race results obviously um so yeah we talk about the mental game a lot and and we have learned that you know because we do pit five lug nut cars still uh with a majority of our guys we you know we support the junior motorsports cars which um you know we enjoy doing that on saturdays and and, and some of our younger guys they pit trucks so you know they go from practicing um, mono lug and, and five lug nut to an extent, but we focus on mono lug for sure at practice because we still need to get better at that. And we, we rely on our five lug nut experience. Um, but then they go to the track and you know, typically the truck races and the Xfinity races are first. So they go to a five lug nut and then we have to transfer to a one lug nut on Sunday. And, and definitely that that mental preparation and the visualization. And, you know, we have practice hubs on our pit boxes where the guys obviously get a chance to, to, to use the, the gun that, they, that, that they're given from uh, United race parts, um, you know, the Paoli gun, and, and they get a chance to hit some off and on patterns. And, and uh, the more that we can give them a chance to prepare before they have to do it, uh, obviously the better, uh, you know, that, that, that leads to results. So, uh, but yeah, that, that mind game too, because the wheels are different size, obviously everything about it, is the same, but it's all different. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're doing the same task, but it's, it's completely different. Um, how you pull, how you hang everything, how you jack, um, the weight of the car, how it feels. Um, it, it's, it's a whole, it's, it's a completely different sport. It really is. Um, with the monologue versus the five lug and, and how you have to, to pit the car to, to, to be fast. And, 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 you know, that's our number one thing is to do it fast and do it tight. That's, that's incredible. That's, that's really incredible. And, and it's, it's great insight. And you talked earlier about the fact that with a monologue that you're uh, you, you see that the front guy is, is somewhat of your limiter, uh, not being the rear guy. And, and I guess that changes from day to day between the five luck Xfinity run <laughs> and then, and then the cup run on, uh, on Sunday. 
we uh, we saw some some stuff out of the Gibbs camp of of sending the rear guys around the front, both hoses up there. Uh, in in your kind of assessment, I'm sure you've looked at this internally and and externally, but uh, benefits and risks of of that kind of play of bringing the rear changer out around the front. Yeah, and and you know we we kind of caught wind of of a potential different choreography um, that they were kind of working through. Uh, I guess probably midsummer fall of last year, um, and and we we practiced it um, back then, and and we still felt that the front was what was most important. And really, in my opinion, that stop uh, is to kind of speed up the rear because if if you stop. If you mm-hmm. if you're looking at the film and you stop it right as they get to the car on the right side, the the front changer, the tire carrier, and the jackman are still in the same position as they are in in the traditional mm-hmm. um, way that we pit the race car. So that that trio still has to do that same job just as effectively whether you have everyone jump out front of the car or or, or you know the way we do it with the three guys out front of the car and the rear changer coming from the rear. So we're not, we're not limited right now, as you mentioned from the rear, um, which you can, you can, you can get the rear guy there a little bit faster. But again, as you mentioned, there's a lot of risk there because you've got all four, uh, pit crew guys that that are out there changing tires coming out the front of the car. You've got cars coming around you. Um, you know, you've got cars leaving, you've got hoses, uh, well out on pit road, you've, you've got to be able to pull those hoses effectively with your road crews and they've done it and they've done a good job on, on, on some occasions. And they've also had some stops that didn't go perfect, which, you know, that's, that's a normal race for, yeah. for a lot of crews not dependent upon the choreography. Um, but they, they, you know, they definitely, um, have committed to that type of pit stop on when it's advantageous and, and they don't do it all the time. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're still investigating that. We're still trying to, to learn, um, you know, when we think that, you know, if we need to change, uh, is it warranted and, and, and where are we going to pick up the speed? Um, or is it just that we can just play this game better, um, you know, and get better at the skills involved with it, uh, and still have fast pit stops that, that are, that compete or are faster than, than, than that way. So, um, you know, it's definitely something you have to pay attention to, obviously, as you know, when, when somebody changes something and has, you know, success, um, you, you better be taking a look at it, um, and make sure you're doing, you know, the, the right practices, uh, out there uh, during the race in order to, to compete and stay competitive. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I honestly think that it, it makes sense for five lug nuts. Um, if that is the limiter, the rear, and, and the goal is to get the rear changer there faster, you know, it surprises me that, that it wasn't done in, in five lug nut world, honestly. Yeah. I, I, and, and one piece that when I looked at it and tried to tr- put it together and thinking through the challenges I had in the past is back, we go back a few years when we had two carriers, you had a carrier that was specific to a changer and the move in this way, the same, whether it be the ja- the Jackman and the, and the guy that does the right rear is now working together on the left front. I thought that may be one place that you made a benefit out of it, that the carrier and the, and the changer stayed together on each side of the car, although they were doing different positions. Yeah. My, my question on that, John, is one of the things it, it, it kind of debuted at Richmond. I think it was where my question is, is if we get into a situation where full fuel runs and you, you have 
All of this thing can change, but gravity emptying fuel into a fuel cell. If we get into a spot, could there be places where that fuel man, the guy not part of this different choreography, being engaged the whole time? Is is that part of the factor that you might have to factor in with these tile pit stops? Yeah, and that's and that's, you know, one of the parts, you know, I I think Chad mentioned it when he was doing uh, the TV booth um, at Richmond when he watched those stops first time is that the fueler is really unaffected um, when you do the the, that that Gibbs uh, style pit stop He No one is coming around him or or, or near him because they all run around the front of the car. Um, Now, we just go under the can. You know, so we can stay plugged in the whole time. Also, we just have our rear changer come around and go under the can, which which we've done, you know, for years. Um, I'm sure, Todd, as, as you know, that, that was yep. always a play back then. But, yeah, the fuel cells are larger and and obviously the time that it takes to change the tires is shorter. So, um, you know, you'll see it. You'll see at Talladega that um, we're going to we're going to complete the stop in terms of changing the tires. But we're going to have to wait uh, for the fuel to get. Uh, you know, dumped out of the can into the car, regardless, I think of the choreography and, and, and whether you're doing right side tires or left side tires or, or four tires, there's going to be times where you're just going to have to wait for the fuel to get, to get the, the amount that you want in the car. Um, so yeah, the faster you go, obviously the less fuel you can put in if you drop the car on lug nuts. So, um, Definitely, though, that's all stuff, Steve, that you got to consider and you got to think about and you got to plan for and you got to practice and you got to know and you got to it just it's a different thing when the Jackman drops on the lug nut versus on fuel and you, you don't do it, uh, you know, often. But obviously, that's what we're going to practice this week. And, and we have already. So it's what it's, it's what I love when I talk to people about being on pit road. We have spent 20 or 25 minutes talking about 10 seconds. I mean, that just to me is what's so fascinating. And the, and the athletes that do this just boggle my mind how good it is. And there is nothing better than watching that Kyle Larson celebration at Phoenix, uh, you know, standing six feet from those guys when that car rolls to that line first and winning the race, winning the battle, putting Kyle Larson in front of a 30 lap, a main uh, to go win a championship. That, 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 that moment, what you're, what you and your guys do is just such a great part of the sport. John, I tell you, I appreciate the insight. I really do appreciate the insight you gave us back in January when Alex and I came and hang out, hung out over there. But appreciate uh, joining us here on Crew Call and breaking this down and letting us know what's going on. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, thanks so much for having me on. And, and uh, let's do it again in a little while. And we can, I'm sure I'll have a whole new story for you about what I've learned. So uh, thanks so much, Todd. Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate it. And you guys have a great day. That is John Carver. Uh, John Carver, that is crew chief coach over at Hendrick Motorsports. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at ZonePouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back. It is Crew Call presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. You can subscribe at flowracing.com. Let's continue on with the conversation and let's go over to JTG Doherty Racing. Joining us is the crew chief for Ricky Stenhouse over there. Brian Patty's on the line. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? We are doing well. We are doing well. We actually had a little moment to chit chat there, Brian, before, before we came on and you said it's Talladega week. We got a lot going on here. It's a big week for us. Um, what's the anticipation like going into Talladega for you guys? Well, it really any speedway race. Uh, um, it's all about the detail work, um, and I always like speedway racing even since I showed up here in the mid nineties. Nema check. So, uh, um, just going through my checklist, make sure everything's you know all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted, and um, make sure she got speed like she had the five hundred. Yeah, definitely. Uh... You talk about that, and I remember that cellular one car. You guys were phenomenal back with Nemechek in the in the in the nineties and early two thousands, and and you've been that way uh, with you and Ricky back to back speedway race wins in seventeen at Talladega in May, and then the Coke six hundred at at Fourth uh, of July at uh, Daytona. Um, you know, I I look at it like you're one of the guys that I would put in my pool to to win this race, any speedway race we get to. Uh, your attention to detail and what's going on. Now with Daytona and Atlanta in the rearview mirror, what have you noticed out of this new car? That that how's that affected speedway racing for you? You know, it's uh, I don't see it's too much of a difference. Um, you know, it's still all about how you can push, how you can suck up, how uh, you know how you can control your temperatures. Obviously, with the air inlet where it's at and exiting out of the hood, it's uh, you know it's it's tough to manage temps, but. Uh, I don't feel it's any different. It's still at, at Atlanta and Daytona this year. Obviously, um, it's all about drag with the, with a huge blade we have in the back. It's all about drag. So um, just being as aggressive we can with right heights and and then obviously the detail work from splitter to spoiler, just trimming it out. Yeah, and composite bodies and kind of spec cars, but um, there's still some wiggle room to work around and trying to, trying to make the bodies as good as you can. I know, I know that's a, a place that you've worked a lot in the past and you still see that with this car. Uh, yeah, it's, it's no different. Actually, it's probably more critical now because you know, everybody's in the same box. So, uh, you know, 20, 30,000s here and there will, uh, hopefully stack up. It's uh well, they say stacking pennies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we guys done a really good job. Uh, we started working on this car beginning last week and, uh, had a group of uh, folks um, mounting the body, I guess you'd say, right? Used to you build the body weeks ahead, but uh, this 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 new car, you can kind of take a Richmond car one week and make it to a Talladega car the next with just a little bit of detail work. So it's um, you know that the car is cool to work on. I mean, let's be honest it's 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 done what the owners wanted, which is you know car counts are down, and you can race them anywhere. You know, just uh, changing the geo and and the body work and and, and shipping it. So it's, uh, it's fun, but, uh, you know, it's just, once we get through the the first year, I think, as far as, you know, get all the cars that you're 
you're asking for and all the parts you're asking for and all that stuff, uh, obviously be much better, but right now it's, uh, it's pretty hectic. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And I, I want to talk a little bit about it, but I do have one other question when we talk about Talladega and Daytona type of racing. How important is it for you to have a driver like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. that 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 understands that and actually embraces that style of racing? You talk about the nuts and bolts, the finer points, the thousands and thousands of inches, but how important is that uh, guy holding the wheel that, that that he buys in and loves this kind of racing as well? Obviously, that's, that helps anywhere, right? Uh, yep. It helps yep. Bristol knowing that we're had a shot at winning the race on a dirt track, especially at Bristol, which he loves. Um, yeah, you know, he does a really good job. Um, he loves the draft. I think he's uh, pretty aggressive. Um, maybe not as aggressive as some, but uh, maybe like a Logano, I feel is more aggressive. But, um, you know, all in all, we we do the right things. We, we gather, most of the time, gather a lot of points. Um, but what we've lacked here in the last couple of years, we've had speed, but we, we haven't finished, right? So, um, Buzzy Rudiman told me back in the day, you got to first finish to finish first. So, uh, we're going to try to do that this week. You, uh, you brought up a little bit about Bristol and, and what you had this week, weekend, uh, now, now it's in the rearview mirror, but track announcing they'll, they'll be back to dirt again. in uh, next spring, uh, how was the new car and, and how was it the change of, of the racetrack and, and going to night racing? You know, the, I think the track crew did a really nice job. Let's be honest, they're at a no-win situation, right? The, I mean, you're, you're trying to race pavement cars on dirt with windshields. Yeah. <laughs> about that a little bit, right? So you're asking a lot for those guys to get the track perfect. Um, I thought they did a phenomenal job. I mean, obviously, it wasn't rough like last year. It didn't run up. Uh, pretty smooth. Um, you know, I, if Goodyear would have brought a tire, maybe half as hard. Um, but... I understand their position from last year as far as uh, wearing out right rear tires, but um, I think this car and the 12 inch wide tire, if we'd have had something in a 50 durometer range instead of 70, uh, it might have taken a little bit of rubber and actually wore out tires and made some strategy, but it was kind of hard to pass, you know, because the hard tires. Um, but all in all, I mean, all, everything worked right. Uh, we had no failures other than, uh, you know, we've been a toe link there when we jumped the cushion and, uh, Cost us uh, a few laps on pit road in the last segment, but car was fast, uh, got off a little bit in the middle, but uh, first segment was good. And last segment was good until 50 to go. So yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to say negative or positive things about their racing to just, we'll go to wherever they tell us to go. Um, I just prefer not be on an Easter weekend. Yeah. Well, there's that too. Yeah, absolutely. So much change, so much different as far as that goes. Let, let's actually, you, you just, you just uh, mentioned that the schedule this year with one off weekend, you mentioned Easter weekend, we're going to race on Mother's Day weekend. We have one off weekend uh, with, with all of the challenges and the supply issues and everything else. How, how challenging has it been overall this season, managing the shop, managing your people, managing the whole program? Oh, it's been hell. I'm not going to lie to you. It's uh this is the most we've worked, man, I would say 15, 20 years. Like this is back old school days. Um, not, you know, it seems like finding people is hard. Um, obviously the part shortage is somewhat critical, but, uh, it's not really our limiting factor. It's just, uh, used to, you know, we'd, we'd have four or five races, six, and then we'd have a break Easter and then we'd move on till mid June or whatever, have another break. So you had time to catch up, but, uh, you know, we're, there's just no time. And I don't know that uh, people or the powers to be really care about the uh, 
interest of, you know, one Brian Patty, but, uh, um, I don't think it's, uh, it's hard. It's hard on, on these crewmen. It's hard on these uh, families. And I think they need to, they need to sit back and look. I mean, the people that, that make these, uh, ideas or changes and, and, um, rules and schedules have motor homes, you know, they fly in on private jets and, um, you know, they don't work Monday through Fridays, right? Um, these guys are busting their ass every week. I mean, we're coming in Monday after we, we got home at one thirty on Monday night and we we're here at eight 30 working. It's, um, it's got to change a little bit. I mean, otherwise you're just gonna run people in the ground and they'll just leave and they'll go to Xfinity or truck, which will, you know, pay a little bit less, but you race half the races almost, you know? So it's, uh, we gotta, we gotta pay attention. We gotta open up our, our, our thoughts and, and try to take care of people better than we are currently. Definitely been a tough, uh, tough yeah, year. And, yeah. and when you look at it, really, you lost your off season with all the testing and development and getting this car back together. Uh, uh, it's stress on all these race teams. Definitely. Um, off season, you transition back to a one car team. Um, how, how, what do you see for benefits and drawbacks out of that move? Well, uh, you know, obviously it's the drawbacks are just less, you know, half as, uh, have as many notes, right. On a weekly basis, uh, Trent and those guys did a great job and, you know, we worked great together and we would, you know, sometimes choose to go different routes just to get the gain knowledge. Right. Um, obviously the last year's car we've had for so long, you can kind of race on experience, right. You know what, you know what to go to Dover with, you knew what to go to Darlington with, you knew Talladega Speedway racing. It's kind of because we've had those cars for so long and the, the parts freeze and the car freeze, it was, I wouldn't say it's easy, but we could, uh, anticipate a little bit better. Um, but now going to a single car and a new car, um, you know, we're, our short track program has, has been frankly horrible in my, in my view. Uh, we gotta, we gotta learn how to do better at uh, the short tracks one mile and under, um, our intermediate program's decent. Um, I think we can run top 15 weekly. Um, depends on if, you know, you go to Atlanta, we had a shot at winning. Um, ran top 10 at Fontana and, and was around top 10 at Vegas. Uh, one had a motor failure less than 10 laps ago. So, um, but speedways is good. Road courses. Yeah. You know, we, we need to continue to work on it, but our short track program this year has been awful. So, um, one thing we have to work on as our team moves forward is just finishing where you're running. Right. We, we got to accumulate some finishes. We've finished horribly since Atlanta, whether it's our own fault or, whoever else is it's uh we have no results to, to uh, speak of and we got to get that that train turned around so it's difficult with one car team it's uh we're pushing heavy on Chevrolet trying to get more sim time we're in today or tomorrow actually we're on it Monday um and we're doing all we can but this doesn't seem like it's bearing fruit you know right at the moment well that can change a lot, especially with Talladega on the horizon. Maybe you can turn things around down there. Brian, uh, Todd talked about moving to a one-car team. What is what is the nature of your alliance partnership with with Hendrick? I know there's engines involved. Is it a is it a tight alliance? What what is the nature of that at this point? I mean, they they're uh, obviously the motor department's been great to us. Um, so. We, we do that with, through them and most everything else goes through Chevrolet, all the engineering support, the simulation time. Um, it's all through Chevrolet. Um, we still have a great uh, friendship with Hendrix and, uh, you know, Jeff Andrews and Chad Knauss has been great as far as if we need a, a part here and there or some uh, help on the road. Um, when we're out West, uh, they, they, they fill the void quite well and we really appreciate it. So uh, 
I wouldn't say it's quite uh, an engineering alliance, but uh, you know, they're, they're there to help us and they want to see us perform well. Good. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Talladega is, is one that, uh, you know, getting on strategies on and off pit road and fuel strategies and pieces like that. Um, how do you see that playing out and, and pit crew wise, do you, do you run that in house or do you, do you, do you get some help with that? Oh, our pit crew is actually, um, through RFK this year. Um, Scott Bowen and that group over at, uh, Rush Fenway Kozlowski racing is, is supplying us our pit crews. Um, they've been, you know, pretty solid all year. Um, not, not perfect, but not the slowest by no means. It's been steady Eddie, uh, which I like. It's, uh, at least I can, I can, I can anticipate an average stop and that's what I need. I don't need, uh, you know, penalties or, um, loose lug nuts. Right. Yes. Just, so, um, those guys do a great job. We asked for them to, to be, uh, you know, 11, 12 second pit stop four tires tight and fuel. And that's what I get. So it's been great. Um, Yes. I don't know. You know, it's how they get speed racing. We have all the tools. We'll, we'll have our war room set up. It'll be, uh, you know, four hours of chaos trying to, uh, you know, finish the race with all four fenders, the same ones we started with, uh, <laughs> verbally in the same positions there are, they are <laughs> unload. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let, let, let tab Boyd and, and Ricky do their thing on, on the, on the racetrack and, um, between, between, you know, he obviously he's got multiple wins on speedways as we do. Um, I think the, the combination of him and Ricky are doing really well on speedways. And I, I foresee that being a huge uh, positive for us this week. Tab Boyd, of course, the spotter, been around the sport for quite some time and a great short track racer. As are you, Brian. You you have you have gotten a gold star because you brought the name Buzzy Rudolph, uh, or Buzzy Rudiman. Uh, I was thinking of Eric Rudolph. I was uh, just doing some stuff with, with some indoor stuff. Buzzy Rudiman, you bought Buzzy Rudiman's name to crew call. How's Buzzy doing? Do you, do you get a chance to talk to the legend from down in Zephyr Hills, Florida much? Not, not via phone. I haven't talked to him in quite a while, but, uh, you know, I, I follow him on Facebook and I talked to I, the beak, Dave Rudiman, yep. uh, a few weeks ago when it was a birthday. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not as we don't contact each other as we used to. Um, just been too busy. Like I'm, like I said earlier, it's been mass chaos seven days a week. Um, and trying to keep cars on the racetrack that are competitive, uh, has been a struggle and we're just trying to, uh, stay focused and hopefully, uh, results will come. Yeah. Well, we're wishing you the best, especially with Talladega on the horizon, get things turned around and pointed in the right direction. Brian, we appreciate you taking some time and joining us here today on crew call. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. There we go. That is Brian Patty, crew chief over at JTG Darty Racing with Ricky Stenow. Stay with us. More crew call in just a moment. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. 
Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. We're presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR routes. You can subscribe at www.flowracing.com. Uh, all kinds of great racing action on flow coming up this weekend. The ARCA West Series is out at Kern County Speedway on Saturday. NASCAR Weekly Series racing. Oh, they're all fired up in Winston-Salem. Bowman Gray Stadium season opener is this weekend. If you can't make it to the racetrack, shame on you, but you can follow along on Flow Racing. Uh, our buddy Jeff Striegel going to try again at the icebreaker, the ice one, week number one. So we're temp number two. Maybe they'll break the ice this week up at Berlin. Hickory Motor Speedway, Langley Speedy Speedway, part of the NASCAR offering this week on Flow Racing. www.flowracing.com. Subscribe today. We are off to Talladega Super Speedway. I'm glad we had a chance to talk to Brian Patty because very few people get their cars around that place as well as Brian does as a crew chief and Ricky does as a driver. Um, time for Talladega. It's unlike anything in the world, Todd, and uh, it's it's it, it's it's one of a kind. It's a it's, unique animal. It's definitely uh, it's definitely its own creature when it comes to uh, comes to racing. You know, we we group it with Tal- with Daytona and now with Atlanta, Atlanta yep. uh, as as we saw and. And talked about with with uh, Brian there, but um, wider, more banking, less radius. It you don't have to handle here. You just gotta go fast. Gotta go and, fast. And how the guys make the you know the the big runs that are coming, how they how they block them, how they race them, how they it's it's. It, it ends up in carnage, but it's pretty exciting. How they block them. As soon as you said that, I cringed. <laughs> that's, but that's what we, you know, I've, I've been a part of uh, four Talladega wins. And that's it's, right. Yeah. It's how you manage the energy. It's, yep. And, and uh, you know, part of that, he, he mentioned Tab Boyd yes. and, and Ricky working together. And uh work with Tab a lot with Joey Logano uh, back in the right. day. We've got, we've got some speedway races together. But part of that's going to be on Tab to uh, to understand where the, where the energies and the runs are coming from. And also understanding what runs we need not to go block because we're going to wreck by them. So right. there's 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 a lot up on top of that spotter stand that uh, that contributes to speedway racing. I always find speedway racing fascinating because, uh, and I always think about one time we had a race, a qualifying session, and Boris said got out of the car and said, my grandmother could drive this car. And it's like, well, anybody can win super speedway races. If anybody could win super race, speedway races, everybody would have a super speedway win. There is a real knack for this that puts guys like Joey, like Michael McDowell, a guy that doesn't win yeah. traditionally elsewhere. Michael Waltrip got a couple of wins. As well. There is a knack for this, and it's understanding that energy and working with that spotter on this. Yeah, definitely. And and how you can maneuver your car to – a lot of what super speedway racing is is how you can position your car to make somebody else's car worse. Right. It's not, yeah. it's not as much about what you're doing with yours. It's doing – what you're doing to the cars around you. And that's, that's the things that, you know, they all talked about Dale senior could see the air, but he, he understood what he could do with the air. And right. Dale jr. Was a master of that. How to sling the air in the wrong direction to yes. the next guy and, and putting it on the spoiler and making drag on a car. Um, so it's, it's really cool. And then, you know, the drivers can't see as much. So the spotter, that driver spotter interaction as a crew chief at a speedway race, I don't ever get on the radio. The only radio I'll talk to is a, a second channel that I've got to the spotter because I don't want to interrupt that conversation. I'll right. let the spotter, I'll talk to him 
about anything I need back out of the driver. Right. It's really, really that if you can tune into that driver spotter channel. Oh, it's fascinating. It's enlightening. It really is. The only thing better is Motor Racing Network's coverage. Yes, because we've got Mike Bagley, Dave Moody, Dylan Welch, Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Rusty Wallace calling them around the racetrack, and there's nothing like MRN coverage at Talladega. So it's True. it's almost as good as spotter driver communication. So it's good stuff. It really, truly is. And we are on the air all weekend long. Saturday we start with Klenskin pole qualifying for the NASCAR Cup Series at 11 o'clock Eastern Time, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, the General Tire 200 for the Arkham Menard Series, and then the Ag Pro 300 on Saturday afternoon, 3.30 Eastern Time for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, the Geico 500 for the NASCAR Cup Series. Motor Racing Network back in action all weekend long from Talladega Super Speedway. Can't wait to get down to Dega and see what happens this weekend. So fun hearing from John Carvin and Brian Patty today. Really yeah, was. Two great, two great interviews and two great perspectives on on where we are in the sport as we've evolved through the first quarter of the race. Yes, indeed. There we have it. So we'll see what happens this week at Talladega. He is Todd Gordon. I'm Steve Post. We appreciate you joining us here on Crew Call, presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Subscribe at www.flowracing.com. We'll talk to you again real soon.